Is your economy in recession? Because boy, have we got the stimulus package for you. This is Sexy Dad Jokes. This is Johnny Spaz. Welcome to Sexy Dad Jokes. How's it? I'm Ben, and welcome to the launch of our podcast, Sexy Dad Jokes. Detoxing masculinity, one corny joke at a time. Brother Spaz, you feeling sexy today? Oh, man, nothing like a global pandemic to put you in the mood, baby. (laughs) How's that social distancing going for you, Brother Spaz? Man... I'm a thousand miles away from you, but you know what? I never felt as close as I do to you right now, baby. Okay. I'm broadcasting from Seattle, Washington. And I'm in Florida. And I'll say who cares where. And And this is Sexy Dead Jokes. (laughs) Oh, God. I like that one. (laughs) Keep it that one. Today is Monday, March 30th, and it feels oh so strange to be launching our podcast at a time like this when the world just seems turned upside down. COVID-19 cost me uh, both my jobs. Instead of sitting around doing nothing, I'm going to sit around and do something. And what better way to do that than launching a pancast with my boy Ben Jammin? Did you say pancast? Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I said pan ass. Oh. (laughs) Okay. Well, we'll we'll get more into COVID-19 later, but we need to take a moment to explain to you what this podcast even is all about. All right, Benjamin. Explain to me exactly. What is a sexy dad joke? I don't get it. Tell me. Explain to me. Well, I'm so glad you asked, Brother Spass. So, according to the scholarly peer-reviewed journal known as Wikipedia... A dad joke is a short joke, typically a pun, presented as a one-liner or a question and answer, but not a narrative. Hmm. Generally inoffensive, dad jokes are told by fathers among family, either with sincere humorous intent or to intentionally provoke a negative reaction to its overly simplistic humor. Whoa, that's offensive. Dad jokes are an art form. I'm so confused. Hi, so confused. I'm Ben. (laughs) Dad joke. (laughs) Okay, so before all this craziness started with the coronavirus, we already were living in a confusing time for both men and women. Wait a minute. Do a little thing on the info box on my digital Google machine. Let's see. My wife was really mad at the fact that I have no sense of direction. So I packed my stuff that and write. I packed my so I packed up my stuff and write. I don't that doesn't make sense. It's left. <laughs> How do you make holy water? You boil the hell out of it. <laughs> oh, oh boy. So anyway, continue. <laughs> Oh my god, it's so random. <laughs> Talk about confusing times. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So this quote from Tracy Morgan in a Netflix show, The Last OG, I feel, really sums it up. 
what does it mean to be a man? Being a man used to mean being able to handle your business. A man don't cry. A man don't ask for help. A man don't ever even go to the doctor. Catch me if you can, diabetes. But now in this present time, rules are different. Now a man can be anything he wants. Hell, you can even be a woman like the dude on the Wheaties box. Sometimes it's like there's no rules at all. I don't know if that makes things easier or harder. It's a madhouse. A madhouse. <laughs> Is she talking about Caitlyn Jenner? <laughs> Probably. That's. I think that's the Wheaties box. That's the guy who became the girl who's actually a dude, but he's a girl inside, and now he's a girl outside. Right? Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Okay, cool. Hey, breakfast we, of champions. We, 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 don't, we don't judge here. I'm just curious. I just want to know what I'm supposed to say so I don't make an ass out of myself. Too late, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's dawned on me that while like we have this big feminist movement, right, and Me Too and Time's Up and all that, and, and they, they've made great gains towards gender equity and equality, and sort of a byproduct of that is it's left men a bit confused about what it means to be a man in these modern times. I know. I came up in a family and a, a bunch of hardened men who, uh, we don't have feelings. We drink till we can't feel feelings. <laughs> you don't cry. Right. You don't express like, oh, your tummy hurts. Uh, I don't give. Okay. You don't call out of work. You go to work. If you're sick, you bring it with you and share it with all your friends. So, it's kind of why we're in the situation we're in now. But, you know, <laughs> but to talk about, you know, <clears throat> this idea of masculinity, which I think you would agree with, gets conflated with uh, chivalry and other such things. Like mm. men are supposed to pay. Men are supposed to hold doors open. And I fall into that category. I hold it for open for men and women. I don't really I just see myself as somebody who holds doors open for people. <laughs> sure. So it, it, it gets conflated, you know? You, 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 where, right. where are these barriers? Where are the boundaries? You know, I've dated a woman who's my first time experiencing with somebody who was, she wouldn't want me to pay for her because she says, I don't need you to pay, I don't need a man to pay for me. And I'm like, whoa, mm. I didn't even know anything about that. I was just, this is just who mm. I am. But it opened my mm. eyes up a little bit to how that, impacted her I didn't see it hmm. I was associated with it without being a part of it and then a victim to it as well all at the same time right and that that's exactly it and I, I think for men like I mean there there are monsters out there who've been able to get away with this stuff for years mm -hmm. years and all of, and that's what time's up is all about it's like we're calling it out we're saying no it's not okay but it's left men just feeling confused about like well, okay what's okay and what's not um, how am I supposed to act um, and so those are some of the things that we want to explore in this show and this idea that like masculinity in it of itself is not toxic but masculinity can certainly be toxic so in this podcast what we're trying to do is is explore those nuances and you know i i just want to be really clear about this you know while we're going to be exploring topics like these this is not a men's rights show right we're not going to have a guy chugging beers and farting dick jokes is the is the uh, <laughs> preliminary substance of our show here we're just trying to say hey we recognize that 
masculinity can be toxic and we still want to hold doors open for women because that's just who we are as people not because it's a manly thing to do right where's the divide right and how can how can we recognize femininity and masculinity as being individualistic but not gender appropriate mm-hmm. or gender specific i should say right and then where does that leave the masculine man yeah and you know like what is what is the modern cowboy supposed to be I think um, of a Caitlyn Jenner on the back of a cow with a cowboy hat, maybe <laughs> saying, you know, breakfast of sport of champions or some stupid nonsense. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Look, we're here to make sure everybody's included <laughs> and we're not trying to judge people. We don't want you to feel bad about it, but we don't want you to feel bad about what you love because it's associated with something that's been demonized, you know? Hmm. Yeah, and you know, just to make clear, like dudes who are who are like men's rights activists, and we we want to be able to to have a conversation with you. And Smokey agrees. We hope that did you hear Smokey? Smokey concurs. She said, "That's She's, right, yeah, Daddy." She's harassing me. Yes. <laughs> uh, but we hope that you keep listening, even if if you believe that patriarchy is not a thing that misogyny is not real that that women are 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 possessions to be owned yeah you know that's not that's not our our worldview but uh, but we hope you keep listening because i think there's stuff behind that 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 we really want to address yeah and 911 zone inside job people this might not be the podcast for you <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I hope I, I hope you listen. We welcome yeah, everybody. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome, and and I just hope you bring an open mind and and open yourselves to different ways of thinking. I think at the end of the day, it's like it's about diversity of thought, and that we as a human civilization benefit from diversity of thought. But all, what we're trying to do is forge a new way here. Like it doesn't have to be like men's rights or women's rights and there's nothing in between can't we all have rights can't we all uh be happy and and prosper so so that's what we're trying to forge a new way and we're gonna do it one corny dad joke at a time oh boy hey brother spaz yeah did you hear about the new pirates of the caribbean that's coming out no do tell it's rated r (laughs) wow here you go how much does a pirate charge for ear piercings what a buccaneer (laughs) what's a pirate's favorite letter uh r nay tis the (laughs) sea Johnny Spaz, inquiring minds are dying to know, who the hell are you? Well, I go by Johnny Spaz, and the longer you listen to this podcast, the more you'll realize why that is. (laughs) (laughs) But describing myself is probably the hardest thing that I could do. We don't really talk about feelings, being a man. (laughs) We don't feel feelings. We drink till we can't feel feelings. I'm a guy that joined the military pre-9-11, served pre and post-9-11, worked at UPS for 10 years doing a manly job. Then I quit to go pursue a higher academia in the pursuit of my degree, which now I have a master's degree in psychology. So here I am. I want to do a podcast with my bestie. 
You mentioned earlier you've lost a couple of jobs with COVID. Like, what were you doing? Oh, yeah. So I'm a musician and I play music for a living and I'm also a substitute teacher. And uh, COVID-19 has completely shut down both of those jobs. Right, because they're both jobs that are very reliant on people being out and about, whether it being at school or at the Disney Resort or, or at a bar. Yeah, and Disney's one of those places where people come from everywhere. You know, yeah. there's not a place on the world that doesn't visit. I meet people from France, from England, from China, from uh, all different, from the Middle East, from everywhere. You know, I I knew a guy. I met a guy and his him and his wife from the Middle East, and they I said, "Where are you guys from?" And they said, "Oh, Bahrain." I was like, "Oh, I've been there." And they looked at me like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> yeah. Those two like entire industries just completely shut down right now, and you're sort of left as a casualty of of the of isolation and quarantine and all that. Yeah, I think we're all part of that. You know, part that's the hardest is is trying to be easy on myself and give myself a little leeway, which seems hard to do when you feel like you're supposed to always go, go, go and not give up and you're not allowed to quit or you're not allowed, you know, anything that's not perfect isn't, is worthless. You know? Yeah. And you, uh, you mentioned your, uh, military experience. Uh, now when I first met you, what is it? 20 years ago? Going on 20 years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you were in the Navy and stationed in Pearl Harbor. I was in, um, Hawaii where I was born and we met through, my sister right yep and uh yeah i remember getting i was at i was at work i was working at the newspaper over there yeah the star bulletin yeah and my uh, my sister uh was texting me and and yes they did have text messaging 20 years ago <laughs> yeah, but i didn't know about it yet <laughs> <laughs> i mean ben barely. always knows everything about technology <laughs> Well, I mean, they had text messaging, but it was the kind where you had to like push the button like three times to get a letter. You know, the first color logo I ever had on any phone was the logo your sister made for us in our band. Oh, on a phone. Yeah, it was. So we started was, a band together. Yeah, twenty years ago, or twenty yeah. year reunions next year. Yeah, and you Don't were me. you you were working at at Pearl Harbor. As a, what was your position? Like gunner's mate or something? Yeah, I think I'm supposed to say I'm a cook. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I was a GM. And, and then, yeah, we just started making music together. We put out an album and everything. Our, our, our band. Yeah. Yeah, our band is was the crud. We got, we got kind of known. We were like kind of a, Which, a grungy rock band. In well, Hawaii. we refused to play island music on an island. Yeah. And it's funny, it's ironic, because the crud, what is the crud? The crud came from my time in the Navy, where everyone goes on leave, gets sick, comes back to base with all this different sicknesses, and it combines to make what they call the crud. And we're kind of in a crud-demic right now. <laughs> oh, boy. Crud-demic. <laughs> Right. Oh my! This guy. This guy's got a master's degree. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so do you? Uh, yeah. So we go way back. Started a band together, and then you kind of went on your way, and I kind of did my own thing, and started a couple more bands, and 
and then you developed your career and but through it all we've we've kept in touch and uh, and Johnny actually helps out a lot with um, with my current band theory of change uh, Johnny like has mixed the two singles we've released and he's and we're about to release another one and um, and he's mi- mixing that for us and uh, and then we get to do a podcast together now just seems like the right transition maybe we're 10 years too late <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we're 10 years early who knows yeah uh, and one more thing you have to mention about Johnny Spaz is Johnny you make a mean batch of balls oh Johnny's balls we need to talk about Johnny's balls right now Ben named him Johnny's balls by the way <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he should he should launch a restaurant chain called called Johnny's Balls and have like pictures on framed pictures on the wall of like phallic objects in Yeah, it's two two in, meatballs and a sausage Yeah like towards the <laughs> ceiling and it's it's actually a Halloween costume and I think all the servers should wear that costume. <laughs> and then it'd be like it, if <laughs> Like at Buca de Buca de, de Beppo, Buca de Beppo, where they like have pictures of the Pope and stuff up on the wall, but then like we, you'd have pictures up, but it'd be like all these like <laughs> suggestive photos of like Jeff Bezos's balls, right? You know, in Seattle, like <laughs> Buca de Beppo, man. I gotta oh, say, that's, that's not a step up from Olive Garden. It's like a sidestep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm homegrown Italian, man. Come on, we. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But yeah, your your balls. Definitely, balls, man. Your the balls, balls make my mouth water. They uh, do, yeah. They have that tendency. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So thank you, Johnny. Thank you for introducing yourself. Uh, my name is Ben. Ben Henry. Tell me about the man who is Ben. Yeah. So first and foremost. I'm a father to two wonderful kids, Jack and Gloria. And Jack just turned 11, and Gloria is 10 months old. And, 10 months uh, already? Yeah. They're just incredible kids. Like, I'm just so amazed. Uh, and so that definitely informs how I look at the world because I, I, I see the world and I see what what it is what what it's gonna be for my kids and uh you know it's it's scary (laughs) i'm not not gonna lie i'm not gonna sugarcoat it you know with climate change and then covid and steepening inequality and it's a scary world out there and i want to equip my kids with the tools they need to to successfully navigate it and so we'll be talking about a lot of that on the show here but uh, while I'm a dad, I'm also a son, and my father is from Pennsylvania. He was in the Navy and uh, was actually in the Vietnam War on the riverboats, so he saw a lot of pretty tough action, and uh, he d- it definitely, like, he had pretty bad PTSD. It impacted my childhood, for sure, pretty profoundly. And yeah, he was, he was just, he was troubled by it was like these demons and he ended up dying when i was 17 of cancer he was stationed at pearl harbor as well back in the day Mm. that's how he got to hawaii and then my my mom 
uh, immigrated from South Korea in the 70s with her family. They had like $200 in their pockets and they, they made their way to Hawaii and, and set up shop. And, and she's had a really great career as uh, running businesses and whatnot. And she just retired and I'm so proud of her and she's doing really great. Yeah, that's good. But yeah, so, so that's how he and my, my mom met in Hawaii. So anyways, I'm also a singer-songwriter in uh, indie rock band Theory of Change. I've spent a lot of time working in sort of the like social justice realm, trying to push progressive public policy, stuff that's going to help people. People who work hard for a living, they should get, get paid for that hard work. And we're, we're living in a time when the wealthiest people are wealthier than they've ever been in the history of the world. And we've seen a lot of economic growth in the United States. But, you know, where's that? Who, who's benefiting from that growth? People talk. Not about, me. Yeah, right. <laughs> so people, people talk about trickle down economics. We give tax breaks to the rich and it'll trickle down to the rest of us. But I don't know about you, but ain't nothing, ain't nothing trickling down on me. <laughs> you know what they say, what trickling down on your back means. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, so that that's me. Um, and uh, I kind of came up with the idea of wanting to do a podcast around detoxing masculinity in my life i've i've endured a lot i I have i've developed resiliency and it's made me strong but i've had to learn a lot of lessons the hard way yeah that's pretty much the story of my entire life right i even joke around to say i only ever learn things unless it's the hard way i don't know how to learn in any other way yeah (laughs) You know, Ben, you know me quite well. And, (laughs) you know, like I didn't really have someone looking out for me, explaining to me what it means to be a man and what is masculinity and even like just how to, I don't know, how to be around girls and. and Oh, man, I'm super socially awkward. (laughs) Right. Some people call me a spaz. That's that's. I'm not putting you on the spot, buddy. It's true. Yeah. I know I'm a short glass of whiskey. That's a short joke. Nice. <laughs> well Vertically played. challenged, as it were. But I wanted to really dive into this topic because we, there is no guide. We've seen how societal rules have changed, and it's left us a little lost. How can we like coexist with the way things are going and still be able to feel like full in our own sort of manliness or masculinity or what what even is that at this point yeah well what's toxic masculinity right what's toxic and what's not like toxic masculinity is is when you're you sort of have to stunt yourself because of some stupid bs like societal expectations that you have to be the strong quiet type and you have to just kind of take it all and you know that didn't work for my dad like he hardly ever talked about the war, but I could see it playing out in his soul every day. Give an example of what like the uh, toxic masculinity model would encompass, like um, maybe a situation or and I'm not saying necessarily with your dad, just in general, if you can think of something like I have several things that come to my mind, you know, I well, yeah, go ahead. I feel like I'm a victim of toxic masculinity, hmm. you know. 
I come from a hardened family of hardened men. You know, my grandfather was a World War II vet. My mm. uncle stormed the beaches of Normandy. You know, my great uncle, I mean, you know. Mm. Those kind of things, man. These people came back different, but they had this mentality. I always like to think of emotions and actions and behaviors and your mindset as a supply chain where you start with your mindset. Now, that's how you do things. Then you move to your perspective, which is how you look at things. And then you have your experiences is how you live. And, you know, experience is pretty self-explanatory. And then that dictates your mood. Or it's vice versa, I'm sorry. You have your mindset, then you have your perspective, which influences your mood, which influences your experience. So it's this cyclical type thing. But the good news is the one thing you have control of is your perspective. Some people would say that holding a door open for women is the right thing to do. But if the wrong woman in the wrong place or the wrong day, she had a bad day and she's just tired of this man-driven world, which who can blame her, you know? But somebody just without knowing her, knowing her day that she had or something, just as an example, holds the door over and that could flip a switch. You know, you never know what people say. It's just some people on the other side of that who don't think toxic masculinity is a weird thing to them. The whole concept is foreign. And I think that's a byproduct of the symptoms of toxic masculinity. Right. And it's when trauma feeds other trauma. New yeah, trauma. Sure. We know all about that. Personally, yeah. experience-wise, I mean, I'm not a professional, uh, I'm not a psychologist, right. you know. But I mean, that in my life, that's one of the things that I'm most proud of is like I I broke the cycle of abuse, and oftentimes it, it, it trauma and abuse is inherited from generation to generation, and and for my kids, they're not going to experience that. And, and right, and I'm that's proud wonderful. Of that. But bringing us to the here and now, so Johnny, you brought up you brought up some things earlier, like you've lost your jobs and some of the the challenges you've been facing. And I think given what's going on in the world today, uh, that's that's a really great topic to dive into. So like this this pandemic and the quarantine, like they're affecting us in so many ways. Yeah, like from from health so just the the very fact that there's a virus out there killing thousands of people i heard it was over thirty-seven thousand today wow that's more people than we lost in 9-11 attacks and all the wars combined thereafter yeah. as a result of 9-11 right and that's only those who are have been counted like that's right i mean it's many... probably significantly higher and that's just yeah. here in the u.s you know so whoever's right. fault it is or whoever is to take advantage of this one way or the other good bad right wrong we still have this problem <laughs> right but yeah so we just have we have so many things to be stressed about like existentially stressed about right now which justifiably even and and this is a scenario where toxic masculinity flourishes and so we gotta like kind of call out the moment right now so you got the health you also have economics, so like our livelihoods and our way of life is under threat. And in fact, millions, tens of millions have lost their jobs, including yourself. And then there's the social element, so not being able to see our loved ones, our friends, to just be around people because we're social creatures and now we're being deprived of that. And we have to come up with new ways to be social, but still it's just not the same. 
and it's a shock to the system. And, and then there's mental health, like the strain of isolation and all of the above, really. Any of these things that I've mentioned would be huge life crises. And we're and an entire country, if not an entire world, is having to confront all of these things at the same time. It is, it's surreal. So, yeah, it's one way to describe it for sure. <laughs> well, so Johnny Spaz, Brother Spaz, how are you dealing with all of that? Well, you know. It, it presents a lot of uncommon situations, and part of these, part of toxic masculinity is being fueled by these situations. And what I mean is, I'll give an example. My cousin offers me some money, hmm. no strings attached. Says you don't have to pay me back. Let me give you this. I love you, and I can't even. I shut down. I can't take it. <laughs> like what's wrong with me? Why can't mm. I accept someone's love? That's what I that's call it what it is. You know. Mm. I can't take I've known him since his whole life. I'm older than he is. I've known him his whole life. And um I know that he just wants to love me and take care of me. It's not about the first thing that goes to my mind is I don't want to owe anybody anything. You don't take favors, you do it yourself. You know. And that's toxic. That so doesn't help anyone. Right. If anything, I'm hurting myself for no reason. Because what? Pride? And what right. does that matter? When you got no food in your belly or you can't pay your water bill or your electric's going or your internet. We couldn't even do this podcast because my internet had to get shut off and I had to call for a 60-day extension because, you know, pandemic, I guess. Because <laughs> all my jobs got shut down. One day, On March 1st, I had a job. On March 2nd, I didn't. Hmm. Or I should say March 8th, I had a job, and that was the graduation date for my grad school. Oh, and God. March 9th was spring break here, so I had no teaching jobs. My plan was to sub every single day because they need you at the schools that I work at. That I could work every single day, no problem. There's so much work. I had to turn so much away last year. It was ridiculous. For every job I took, I had to turn five down. So it, it, wasn't a, it wasn't like a big gamble to expect to be able to sub as soon as I got done school, you know, every right. day. My last two classes were hard, you know, and I, I put everything I had into that. It took everything out of it. It was a 40-hour-a-week endeavor. I was like, you know, I'm just going to wait until I'm done my school. I know the date, and then I sub until the end of the year, and then I work as a cover. I work as a musician in the summertime, especially. is my busiest time in places like uh, Disney and other such places and I always work in the summers it's our busiest time I went from that to nothing <laughs> yeah overnight but the bills are still due oh and yeah there's still you have all your obligations so here you describe a scenario where you know you're really deep in it your livelihood is gone I mean you had two jobs that were sustaining you I was thriving yeah and in really a blink well. of an eye, they were gone, but your obligations are still there. You're underwater, you're sinking, and someone throws you a life jacket, and you're too, what, proud to accept it? The lifeline? Yes. I don't, I, that's what I would guess. It's just, it was shocking to me in hindsight. Now, it wasn't too long. I, you know, the good, for me, it was helpful because I ended up taking it from him. Because I said, this is what I said to him. 
Well, he said, send me your PayPal address and I'll send it to you. And I didn't for like two weeks. And um, he asked me for it one day again. It's like the fourth time. So I just, the day after, I just asked like, here, I'm sending you this because I asked you. And within minutes, I had money in my account. You know, mm. he didn't ask me for anything. He didn't tell me it was going to be just, and it was very generous. But I said to him, you know what? I sent this to you because I don't want to rob you of the opportunity to love somebody the way that mm. makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about that. It's like by being selfish and I call it selfish by me being selfish because I'm denying him something. So that's selfish to me. I'm hurting. I'm taking some. I'm not only just not getting something that I need. I'm also taking away someone's opportunity to be the person that they want to be. So I'm, mm-hmm. in that sense, manipulating the situation. Mm-hmm. That's why it's toxic. Mm. I didn't. That's not who I want to be. I don't like that it felt that way, but I'm honest about the feeling that way. Right. I remember talking to you while you were going through all that, and and you were talking about how like you felt like you should be more manly and put yourself at risk, you know, like go yeah. find a, it's better to go find a, a supermarket job or something as someone who is a high risk. If yeah. We, I'm, without details, I'm at a higher risk because of a condition, pre-existing condition. So right. it's, it, it's nonsensical to do something. The only options that I have, which I'll give you an example, like being a, cashier at a grocery store that's the only job that i had and that's not even available anymore so it's like you got to be more manly and put yourself at that risk yeah it's like when just thought someone process. else is like trying to help you and and this idea that that you're like not allowed to be weak and you have to have your armor on at all times oh, like you, you said all these things at the time yeah that like where where did the, where did that come from for you? The part of just having to be guarded all the time. That's hard to say. Certain things. I don't know. I give you an example. Like military training. There's a part of you that shuts off certain things that let you operate an autopilot. I think a lot of the PTSD that you see doesn't just come from the experiences that people have it comes from the lack of help they get because of people's views on what things are and what they're not you know this misconception of a lot of these men and I've stood in <laughs> I've been with these people face to face hearing it straight from the horse's mouth first hand first person experience of these people that are afraid to talk about their feelings because you know they're not supposed to have these feelings and that's ridiculous and it's that repression that perpetuates that, in my opinion, this trauma. They can't deal with it. You can't fix the trauma or even start to heal the trauma unless you're allowed to talk about it. I mean, that's the most basic understanding. You don't need a master's degree in psychology to figure that out. I would assume. I feel like right. that's fairly obvious. Right. My opinion, yeah. but... I mean, the argument can be made that if someone doesn't talk about their problems, they're going to stuff it. And if they stuff it, they're not going to resolve it. And if they don't resolve it, they're going to perpetuate it because this is a cycle. And like you said about with your kids, you got to break the cycle. That's what you need to do. Right. And so, so you were going through all that and you were 
deciding if you were going to accept the help and you were just in a low place. Like you really, you had no, no jobs, no real prospects for being able to pay your bills anytime soon. And I mean, that hasn't changed. You're still struggling. I'm, I'm struggling as well. Like I had to pay partial rent, um, this month and it's, that's a scary thing. That's your, you know, on the hierarchy of needs home, yeah, you got Maslow's hierarchy right there. Yeah. <laughs> so we started in some pretty low moments, and there will be more low moments because that's life. But we launched Operation Beef Up Johnny's Balls. <laughs> ben always makes me smile. <laughs> <laughs> And we, uh, yeah. we started we started just researching and leaving <laughs> no stone unturned. Like, what can we do? What are opportunities online, uh, business opportunities? And, you know, we're it's like sink or swim. And in a way, in some in a strange way, this crisis has actually pushed us to really to, to put it on the line when everything's at stake. And to try and experiment on some things that that have always that have been brewing for a long time, but we just never really got around to it. But look at us now; we're doing a podcast. You know, hey, we're first doing and it. foremost. <laughs> and, I mean, there's a lot of positive things and and things that have developed that wouldn't have developed if not for this this crisis. Like, for instance, uh, like I. I find myself talking to my family more, <laughs> <laughs> like way more. Yeah. And like, same um, here. And this, the technology was always there. We could have been doing it all along, but I don't know, for some reason we're just, we're closer together now. And I mean, I think that's a good thing. And unity through disparity. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and things like this podcast, uh, I'm I'm also pursuing some other things uh, that I wouldn't have done. Like it it actually pushed me when I was like paying partial rent and l- realizing like I don't don't know where my next rent's coming from. It pushed me to um, really dive in and hone my my web design skills. So like I, I posted a thing like Hey, I'm doing web design. Anyone need a website? And I got clients that are helping me pay the bills now and and then developing those skills i'm also able to develop all of my my other like sort of online brands that i'm developing from sexy dad jokes to the mindful netminder uh for uh, it's a goalkeeper channel and the band theory of change like i completely redesigned the website and just having a lot of fun with it um to, trying to build out like e-commerce capabilities so we can offer our audiences like products like a t-shirt or something these are all things that in this crisis I'm trying to push myself to do. And in a strange way, like a lot of these things, if not for the, this crisis, would have continued to languish, languish in obscurity. So it's in a weird way, uh, like it's given me a lot of focus and, you know, I'm stuck at home. I can't like go out or whatever. And it actually like, gives me a lot of time to just really deep dive on some things. Yeah. And so like in 2019, um, I lost a couple really great jobs. Uh, 
under like unfair circumstances, but we won't get into that. Um, but I mean, it was I can rough. vouch was for a, that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Johnny, you were there for me. Losing your job is it's a big deal. It's your livelihood, and so like I've already been walking that tightrope that a lot of folks are are facing now. And last fall, I it actually came to a point where I just was like, you know, enough. Like it's time to stop wallowing and it's time to build. And that day, I remember that day, I just, like I said, I went into YouTube and just started binging YouTube on all, how to do this, how to do that, and just learn, and I've been soaking it up like a sponge. And, and Well, I'm, you've always I'm, been good at stuff, man. You've always been good at being organized and getting shit done. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. I mean, I got, I got the tools, I got some talents, I might as well, like, use them towards building something for those of you that don't know ben is my shining beacon of light (laughs) he always has been oh shit ben's good like that (laughs) he inspires but what like through it i sort of realized like i mean i've been walking the tightrope and when you are walking on that tightrope don't look down don't look down baby don't look down. You, the second you look down and you see how high up you are, your knuck, <laughs> your knees buckle and you freeze, and yeah. you're paralyzed with fear and frick. When you're when you're up there, it's it's easy to say, but when you're up there and on those heights with everything on the line, you can't look down. As scary as it is, you have to stay focused. You have to see what's ahead of you, and you can't let fear paralyze you. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people are going through right now that is, um, people are feeling paralyzed. Like I saw it in you, Johnny Spass. Yeah, it was, man. I'm still not out of it yet, but you know what? I'm learning to manage the roller coaster. Mm -hmm. It just seems like the faster I go down, the higher I need to go up. And the higher I get when something happens, it just goes down faster. It's like these big peaks and trials of just constant movement, like pushed and pulled in every direction. And it comes down to that, you know, the toxic masculinity can only process so much and it shuts you down. (laughs) Right. And that's that's what's toxic is... Like this feeling that if things aren't going perfectly for you, that you're a failure as a man and a, as a human. Yeah. You're you're allowed to screw up. You're allowed to fail. And and not feel like you have no value. Yeah. And and I I, I see that in a lot of of boys and men, just just feeling like if if you fall short, that you're a failure. And and if if you're struggling with falling short, don't you dare mention it to someone because they will bust your balls. Right. But can we can we try to to redefine masculinity, find a new form of masculinity where it it's okay because it's all about the hustle, you know, as long as as you're fighting and you're trying, like shouldn't that be enough of the manhood that you need to feel like a man. Yeah, it's for me. I, I I feel like I sabotage myself. 
it's like looking down is sabotaging yourself. You know not to do it, and if you do it, and mm. if you've ever been in a situation where I don't think many people are, uh, what do they call them, the tight wire, the... Uh, tight rope. Tight rope, you know. I don't think they're putting ropes between skyscrapers in New York <laughs> or something, and I don't think that's the average experience of most people. But if anyone who's ever been to a playground as a kid and you're you're on a balance beam and you look you down and you know your natural inclination is to fall. It takes experience and it takes practice and good practice to keep your balance, even if you are looking down. Mm-hmm. But I think toxic masculinity kind of forces you to look down and it wants you to lose your balance. Right. Right. I feel. And- I mean, I feel like it's my own idea. You know, the what? things I'm, the thoughts that I have, it feels the like, sabotage. yeah, it feels in the moment when I don't, when I don't want to be healthy, we'll call it when I want to lash out, when I want to commiserate, when I want to mm. people to see me suffer <laughs> and that oh. they have to notice and acknowledge I'm suffering because that, you know, the fact that they know it, but I'm not complaining about it makes me more manly, huh. you know? Dang. You know what I'm saying? Like, you talk to your friends, and you're like, ah, f- work, I hated it, and, you know, I had a shitty day, oh, your boss sucks, too, and it's like, I had friendships that were based on that, and when I got healthy, I learned something. When you go to therapy, here's how you can tell if you're changing or not. The constants in your life look different, hmm. you know? When you look at something that you've always looked at, but it seems different to you, that's a change, and that kind of opened me up to the fact that I had... I'll call it being a victim to the idea of toxic masculinity. Hmm. I remember being a kid and never thinking anything like that. Didn't know about it. It hmm. learned that. I learned that. That's learned behavior. Life is struggle. I mean, there's just no way around it. And I mean, well, at least for most of the vast majority of us, life is struggle. And um, you know, the optimist would see the good in life, but you can still have optimism and still struggle. Yeah, sure. So, so the struggle is there and there, there's this expectation that men are supposed to be like the breadwinners and, and if you, you know, quote unquote fail, if you're laid off, if things don't go right at work, etc., we feel like failures as, as men and as humans and yeah it is important that we work hard but it is also important to know that the world is unpredictable that it is okay if things don't work out exactly how you planned it is okay if if things stress you out and it's okay to feel emotions about all of that the worst thing you can do is suppress those emotions and also, like knowing that as a dad, the tone you set impacts your family and you have to be mindful of the vibes that you're putting out, whether you're a dad or you're not a dad. I'm not a vi- dad that I don't that I know of. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I was in the Navy. I mean, that's a Navy joke. <laughs> that it's a I Navy dad of. joke. Only I'm not a dad that I know of. Just to be clear. <laughs> thank you. Thank Thanks for explaining all of that, too. I mean, just, just so everyone's clear. You know. And my dad, I don't know. That's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> 
that dad joke was so bad you had to explain the dad joke. <laughs> well, it wasn't really a joke. <laughs> as much as it was an admission. Oh, boy. Of, who knows? That's actually worse. Anyways. <laughs> but so like just as a, as a human, as a man, as a person, the tone you set impacts your family. And oh, yeah. being mindful of the vibes you're putting out, if, if you're putting out the suppressed emotion vibe, people are going to notice it, but not for good reasons. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say this. I'm not a dad, but my sister was a single mom and my niece for the first five years of her life. We lived together mm. pretty much full time. I remember when my niece was first born, she'd be getting ready for work and I'd have a baby on my lap and I couldn't get dressed for work until my sister got done her routine so she could take the baby and then get the baby ready because she's a brand new mom by herself, essentially. You know what I mean? It's me and her. My mom was most of, was around too, but you know, it took a village. Yeah. My point was is you see things with kids and you're, you're held accountable, I think, to your actions because at the very least, whatever you're teaching them will be reflected in how they behave to you and you'll be paying the price by having to correct more and having, you know, it'll make your life less easy if, the kid, if you're doing a bad job and you're, it's your job. So if they're not doing well, it's pretty much the parent's responsibility or fault, right? I mean... Mm -hmm. It, it's constant. It's an everyday thing, and people get wrapped up into these bad habits. They don't even know that they're doing bad habits, you know? I think what the message I want to get out is this idea that, like, it's absolutely okay to feel and process anxiety. It's okay as, as a man to feel and process anxiety. And, and sometimes you need a timeout. Take the timeout if you're able to. Not everyone is, but... And then you just got to push yourself to get back up on the horse. And I, I know it's easier said than done. And in a time like this, everyone is, is suffering and there really isn't that much recourse because everyone is looking for those same opportunities. Right. And But, you know, you just you have to just push yourself, find a way to grow from this. And even if it means... Even if it means your basic needs are in, frankly, in question, be resilient, find a way, take precautions, be prepared, and then and take action of some sort. Find a way to grow, because I promise you, that's going to be your salvation. Yeah, well said, man. It made me think of me time. You know, the concept of me time, time that's just yours where nobody can interrupt you or bother you. It's just something you set aside time to do something that you want to do without interruption. Those are the times where when it's just you and you can do something just that you want to do. It's mm -hmm. times like that where I, I, I take time to reflect and see about myself. And I say, you know, what did I do today that it makes me if I don't feel good about something I try to figure out why that is and what I can do differently next time so it's a process it's not just a matter of admitting something like <laughs> why did I lose my temper with that person for something that had nothing to do with anything else I was just pissed off about this other thing but you can see how this change starts and when it's something like toxic masculinity which 
I mean, in my experience, it can be explosive in the in the uh, whatever the situation is. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think we're running out of time for our first episode. Uh, I just want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank my co-host, Brother Spaz, for um, a great conversation, a great look at sort of what this, this the show is about and taking a look at how toxic masculinity is, is playing out in this uh, quarantining crisis we're in right now. Do you have any last words, Johnny Spaz? What's your, what's the, what do you call a magic dog? What? A labracadabrador. <laughs> <laughs> Knee slapper. Wow. Wow. Oh, that's great. <laughs> we got a pirate joke for him, Ben. What did a pirate say when he turned 80? Uh, what? I don't know. I matey. <laughs> I love Arr. Ben's pirate voice. It's the best. <laughs> it makes me smile in the middle right of the night. <laughs> it's right today. You gotta say the joke or you can't. So let, let's just end our our first episode acknowledging that in a time like this, when people are stressed and worried about survival, worried about what's next, doing it all alone, sequestered from your loved ones. I saw on the news someone who recovered and saw her husband for the first time in weeks when she had freaking coronavirus and they hugged and they hugged so hard and it was just like, wow. And you just realize just the the power of of human bond. And, you know, we're being tested like none of us have ever been tested in our lifetimes. Well, no, we're not being tested. It's part of the problem. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's a dad joke i guess <laughs> i mean whatever oh yeah it is it is a test for us we are being tested right by these circumstances that we're in not of our own volition my sister she's a nurse at harborview medical center so she's like she's on the front lines and and many in my family and some of my best friends are are vulnerable including including my co-host here brother spass Mm-hmm. But like through it all, we just got to remember there is one thing that is overly simplistic in its universal nature. Something that in a time of, of uncertainty that we can be certain of. And that is that everybody loves a good dad joke. Amen, bruh. <laughs> we, we really are in it together and it's going to be all right. So <laughs> peace, homies. Until next time. Hey, we did it. We done did it. We got something to play with now. I got something to play with. No, oh boy. <laughs> Check us out next week for our episode of Sexy Dad Jokes. All new material. All new flavor. All new corniness. Catch us next time. So you guys, make sure you subscribe, tell your friends, and join us again. All right.